Hi guys, it's Graham here from the podcast. Just before the podcast starts, I just want to let you know what we think. So we really appreciate every single listen that we get and we, we're doing our best. We never ever charge for anything, but we have signed up over at buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. So there's no subscription. It's a one-time thing. You can do it at your leisure. But basically, if you want, you can gift us the price of a cup of coffee. So if you would buy us a cup of coffee, for, for listening to the podcast it's a way to do it now we would never no not a case we would never but we, we're trying our best never not demonetize but there is running costs obviously there's time there's one to help guys to give up a lot of their free time and stuff to get better mics and better quality stuff and have more time to put out better quality content now listen if you don't want to do that that is more than okay honestly we hope that you just keep enjoying the free content and and just supporting the podcast for your lessons because it really does help. We absolutely love doing it and we appreciate every lesson, every bit of feedback and everything going. So if you want, you'll find the link on our Twitter. It's pinned or on our link tree. It should be in there too. So it's www.buymeacoffee.com forward slash EAW podcast. Thank you and I hope you enjoy the podcast. How are we lads and um, welcome to the Everton Aren't We podcast. I'm Shane and I'm joined by Graham and Lee. Uh, I'm going to take a step back and uh, have a gather our thoughts and stuff about the Brighton game. We're going to come to Graham first because he wasn't on the last podcast. Um, you know, after it all simmering down, what do, what do you take from that game and what did you think of it? Um... Oh, it's, I didn't expect you to have me with that. Um, yeah, uh, you know what? It was it was fantastic, obviously. Um, been walking around with my chest puffed out since. Um, eating a massive slice of humble pie after my Sean Dice rant the other day. But you know what? I'm still sticking by that. It's how we learned. Now, don't get me wrong. I think this could have went either way. Because if that went wrong, Sean Dyche could have been standing in an interview saying, well, the WGs want, so leave me to pick the team. You know what I mean? But and mm. that's cynical of me, obviously. But um, no, ab- absolutely fantastic. I'm glad he reacted and did that. Um, they were immense. Tens across the park. And I, I refused the, the nitpick on anything. Vitaly Mikolenko. It doth me cap to you, sir, because you know why? That was that was brilliant. That that's all I need from me. Don't care if you're beat by your man. You're trying to block crosses. You got all the drama out of your game, and you know what? You did really well. I think as I spoke to you guys in private, saying you know I really think a lot of the Michael Keane flack, God love him, actually took a lot of the pressure off Michaelenko. He just sort of sort of center his axis and and really play his game. So I thought he was brilliant. I thought James Tarkovsky was. It was fantastic in front of the goal, blocking everything. Yeri Mina blocking, getting his head on everything. Strangely, I think that second half too probably would have suited Michael Keane, but obviously I won Yeri Mina mm. in there. He lined up from the start. Fantastic. Nathan Patterson, probably in that team by default. Brilliant DC. Um, took him a while. You guys said it perfectly. 20 minutes. It really took him a while to sort of tune in what he was doing and, and, and how he was going to play against Mitoma. But you know what? After that, in the bag, um, and, and even at the start, the block for him for, for the ball going forward for the goal. 
Um, I thought James Garner gave as close to maybe. Don't get me wrong. No, I had to watch this match on my phone, <laughs> so I didn't have a big screen to take it on. But you know, I thought it was one of those sort of Garth Barry-esque performances, keeping the ball ticking, just quiet. While while Ghana and the Courier are, are playing this rock and roll style of football that's loud, noisy, and hitting here and hitting there, Garner was just sweeping up very nicely and moving things just around that, that suited and really helped with our play. Dwight McNeil, I'll have uh, maybe another big slice of humble pie. Um, that guy's just grown and grown as a, as a player. It went so bad for him. Don't get me wrong. I've, I've done the question. I, I've, I've played devil's advocate with a lot of factors. And uh, ultimately, I think with, with him, he came in on this sort of farewell Lampard thing and they tried playing him on, on the right. They've always likened it to that. Uh, like I remember watching that Porto side from years ago that had Christian Atsu playing on the right-hand side, you know, predominantly left-footed and stuff. And then when he caught inside and that was the whole fad then. And I was just like, are they trying to reinvent this wheel that's, that's long died out? But um, no, got on the left-hand side. Strangely, he's actually, he looks like he's got quicker. I think he's mentioned that as well. Um, Alex Awobi, again, people picking on wee things he's done wrong. I think his all-round game was fantastic. Maybe a few heavy passes here and there. Um, and this, look, my, my Alex Awobi pajamas are at the bottom of the hamper. I, I'll call a spade a spade at this point with this Everton team. Um, but you know what? I, I think Alex Awobi done really well. Um, I think he covered very well for Nathan Patterson. And it was that... Again, I was I was saying I'm sure nearly ever 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 Tony was saying I'm I'm obviously not writing rewriting the book of, of tactics at fucking Everton, but what I will say is that I will be coming inside and looking to play those games. Really opened up that space for Nathan Patterson to exploit. So again, it comes down to that chemistry that we keep talking about every week and what we've been hitting our head against the wall. We dice when he tried to reinvent the wheel because fucking Abdullah Corey went out of the side. But again, um. Abdullah Dekori breaking from the 10. Wow. It's been a while since I've been able to say wow for Abdullah Dekori. Like, that was, that's what we've expected from him. That was outstanding. Um, his finishes were, pretty much all the finishes were nothing to be scuffed at, really. Um, just brilliant. Brilliant across the board. And, and Dominic Calvert-Lewin, that's, that's what we see. It clearly says when, when he was back earlier in the season under Lampard, he was rushing them, and that was a panic manoeuvre. And that was maybe a bit of managerial naivety that he had that maybe Daesh has a bit more experience in stealing. You know, I'd rather have him full power for four or five games than a half than a half at Dominic Calvert-Lewin for 10 because we've seen him earlier in the season walking, head down, sort of hunched, not moving. You look at him, that, that was a complete center forward display i think is what everybody's saying and i would agree apart from obviously he didn't get the goal but when your center forward's playing like that as a focal point that's pulling them out like dunk dunk probably still having nightmares still having nightmares did not know what to do um but yeah the way the way that he played and pulled that on that allowed our, our wingers to come inside now you imagine we had a good left back no disrespect if Italia was being quite... You, you imagine we had an attack. You imagine you had a look at Dean or a Leighton Baines for, for what we come back to exploit that space because Dwight McNeil nearly plays as a 10 now, the way he comes in. Yeah. So um, fantastic. Um, I can't fault Daesh. If anything, I've given him a lot of shit. So you know what? I'll turn around and I'll I'll, I'll give praise where it counts. 
Um, the subs he made, I thought the subs were grand. Um, ultimately, uh, oh, sorry, and Jordan Pickford. I know we're coming to a bit later on, but Jordan Pickford again. Um, again, his positives outweigh the negatives, but yet we all lean towards these negatives. Why? Because you know what? You're going to miss that guy when he's gone. Uh, if we're unlucky enough, they lose him. Absolutely fantastic. That second, like he had nothing to do in that first half. So people talk about his concentration levels. Nothing to do that whole first half. They turn it on then in the second half again. Some of those saves, guys' levels above what we deserve, to be honest, the way this club's been run by that shit house of a board. So absolutely. Cloud nine, I'm actually looking forward to Man City now. Um, one loser draw, as long as it isn't an absolute shit show. I can get behind what we're doing for these last few games because there's so much positivity to take out of Brighton. So uh, a high five. But do I mean he's finished it too? Jesus Christ. You know, as, as Lee said from, it's, it's the sort of goal you scored taking the piss out of your mates. You know what I mean? And, and, and FIFA. And, and that's what it was like. And then that other one, he just hit that home. That, that last strike, that's just, a, that's a strike that just says a player is just brimming. I mean, boiling over. Spilling over the counter with confidence. He just said, yeah. I'm hit. that's going on you bag, and there's nothing you can do about it. I don't care how much space you give me. So what a turnaround. Um, I always reference Mares with that sort of pulling the floor from under you as you raise levels. I really hope that's what we're seeing from uh, Mc, from McNeil. Yes, there'll be ups and there'll be downs because you know I don't think he can maintain this going, but he's still a young lad. He's in seven goals and three assists for the season. The shit we've given, hang our heads in shame. And it's another example that us as Evertonians lose our fucking minds over everything because you know what? Seven goals and three assists for a winger in his first season at a club that's that's been struggling. You can't flap at that. And you know what? I would, I'll put it out there. I wouldn't be surprised to see him get another three goals before the end of the season. Imagine Dwight McNeil got one more assist and three goals. Yeah. I think with that. I, th- I think like the... the- one of the main things, like you're saying, with, with some of those players, is like the, it's the fitness that Dice has, has put into the squad. They're all, they're all look fit, and they're all, you know, not just the Corey and the They're all, they're all running for the ninety minutes, and I think that's probably been a big thing for McNeil. And then obviously, you know, we we know Dice said he was going to wait for DCL to come back in until he was absolutely hundred percent fit, and we think that. You know, we said on the last podcast that could have been the thing that he was waiting for with Mina, was that he was just holding out until he knew 100% that he was fit and ready to come in. I mean, obviously, it doesn't excuse uh, how long he had Keane in the side, but one of the things I want to come to is McNeil, um, comments made by Hargreaves and Redknapp. I'll come to you, Lee, after uh, I've, I've read this quote out there. You've said that He's got class. He's a classy player. He's smart. It was the McNeil show the second half. So what do you think it means for him going forward, Lee? I think it's a, it's a platform for him to build on. I said it in the chat last night. And obviously, as Graham's just touched on, you can't keep that level up. I mean, because that level was like a 9.5 on most of the apps that rate, give your player ratings. But if you can maintain a level below that, and I think that's got to be the aim for him. Because, you know, he is only he's 22. So he's still very young. Um, yeah, so just keep up with that. Well, not that quite that level. But, you know, 
try and maintain some sort of level. Lee, that, Lee, that's a fantastic point. Just to, just to stab on there too. Um, yeah, that's like we've seen McNeil this season at a four and five. At the minute, we're seeing him at a nine and ten. Lee's bang on the money there. If he can settle and just even give us seven, the goals yeah. and assists will keep coming with that. So, yeah, brilliant point there, Lee. I think like yeah. a, bit, a big part of it as well. It'll be obviously like we, we've said, you know, countless times is, is Calvert Lewin being fifth. Because I, I backed him from the start. I think I was probably one of the only ones and one of the only players that I can say that I did. Uh, but put, I said he needs to be on that left side. And if Calvert-Lewin's fifth and he gives him that service, like we've seen with, I mean, he's contributing goals, but assists as well. Um, obviously, the other thing that, uh, that Graham alluded to was was Pickford. And we've had Kevin Kilbank come out with what I thought was a quite rogue shout. Uh, in comparing him to David De Gea, uh, what he said was is that Pickford's the same as De Gea. In my opinion, a lot of Everton's troubles come from that. He makes incredible saves. He's a great shot stopper, but then he's liable to throw things in. That's where United are with De Gea. I feel it's the same scenario. Um, I, I'll come to I'll come to Andrew first on this one. Um. Because I, I've got quite a bit to say about it, and I, I, I'm quite vocal about it on Twitter as well. But what, what do you think about him just coming out with those shouts there? I think that every pundit on planet Earth stopped watching Pickford in December 2020. It's insane that people still think that he's the guy that we were all calling for his head because he was liable for a mistake or two every single game. I wanted Robin Olsen to take over. I will absolutely cop to that. When I first started watching Everton and Carlo sat Pickford and Olsen looked like he was steadying the ship until that really, really unlucky United game, I think. Um, But ever since it was about January, like just after Boxing Day 2021, Pickford turned it the fuck around and has been immense ever since. There have been mistakes. There's always going to be mistakes, but not the howlers that we came to expect as a matter of course. And everybody that's been watching Rams, Dylan Pope, who have had good games, don't get me wrong, have, they've had good games, but they have not been as consistently great. And they have also had, for the most part, except for maybe Pope early on, have had much better back lines in front of them than we have. Pickford has had to be astonishingly good given what he's had to deal with. And that's why I think uh, the last game was so good against Brighton because we had Mina giving everybody around him confidence. Pickford had to do less, but even when he was called upon, he had, you know, fingertips of titanium to make these incredible saves as well. Um, I Pickford is England's number one. He is our number one full stop. And if we can get, a real back line in front of him, uh, we will be that much better, comfortably mid-table. Yeah, I, I think I think last season he kept he was one of you know the main players with probably the Charleston that kept us up. Do, do, do you think Lee that he's probably been one of the instrumental players this season as well? Yeah, I think he's definitely been one of the most consistent as well. Apart from Tarkovsky, he's probably been our most consistent player. So. No, I think Andrew's right. I, I, I don't get it, and it really baffles me because it's like no one watches him anymore. 
And I get I get the hype around Ramsdale and Pope because they're playing for clubs that are doing well. But I mean, he's still playing better than anyone that plays in golf for England. He's probably in the he's probably in the top three this season in Premier League goalkeepers. The amount of saves that he's made, the amount of points that he saved us. So no, I, I completely agree with Andrew. I think that at some point in the last two years, everyone just stopped watching him. Oh. Great. Nice. I think I think one of one of the things as well to come to about him is like where you said before as well is that you know if we're lucky enough to keep him is what you said. I think you're gonna to have Tottenham looking at probably a new keeper with Loris on his way out. I think United are gonna be looking if they get the if they get the takeover and the money to spend on a goalkeeper as well as a forward. They're gonna want a, a ball playing centre half, which you know he's good with his feet and he's got the distribution as well. Um, no, I would disagree. Here, you know, you know what? The media's shite, or the media's right. It's shite. Like, don't buy him. Keep him at Everton, so we're, we struggle and struggle and struggle. <laughs> because that, that, that's their that's their narrative, and you know what? It's we're all guilty of it because I don't watch every team. I don't, I don't get a chance to watch every game of football like I used to. I'm not glued to it like it used to be every single game. I watched what I can. And if I can't, I'll watch highlights. And that's where a lot of my perception comes with. But I'm a, I'm, I'm just a football fan. I suppose I'm a football podcaster now. But, you know, we're we're admittedly just a fan-based podcast with that sort of culture. So people can't misinterpret it. But it's just, it's annoying, man. I get it every day. Obviously, you guys... Shane and Lee, the Bootle too, are, are surrounded <laughs> are surrounded by by Evertonians, or realistically local Liverpool fans that have a clue, like the, the culture of football and knowledge in Liverpool. On the main, not on the whole, but on the main, between both sides, and I mean that with both teams too, because there's you know, some crazy Everton shouts too, but also you know. You're all speaking with a like-minded mind that, that's ingrained in it and watching it. Like, people like myself and Andrew, and we speak to multiple football sporting fans, and they literally hang on the words of people like fucking Lee Dixon and Jamie O'Hara and all these other absolute quilts that are on, that are just broke out, that are sort of doing the same thing because in the time for them to give reactions for the amount of football, they're, they're not saying it all. So they're taking this. So it's this, it just comes off this narrative, just that people don't like them. And Andrew, Andrew said it perfectly as well. Basically, well, I haven't got a word for word and what he said there, but what came into my head on reflecting that is, yeah, it's the most unforgiving position in a, in a pitch. That and centre forward, because again, Calvert-Lewin had like, oh, Calvert-Lewin's good work the other night. Yeah, but he didn't score. But look what he fucking done. So, hmm. yeah, 5 one oh, could he have done more for that goal? I, I personally, I don't think so. I think it was a fantastic goal. But from Brighton, but Ultimately, like you'll be judged that one thing. It's so unforgiving. You make a mistake or you make an error, it's one nil. You know, midfielders make mistakes like that all the time and they're lauded. You know, for a for a bad pass back or set or half, it can be it can be saved backford and it's forgot about. So it takes perspective. It really, really does. But again, any team would be better off with a Jordan Pickford. And again, Andrew, since since that Newcastle game, that game ever Newcastle where was it the one we flapped? Was it the one pick for flap that was that two one? Not narrow it down. <laughs> True, but I think it was the one the uh, th- we were two one up and lost three two. Yes, that was that whenever Ancelotti hooked him and said you need to get your sitting order. Or was it was it away at St James's? I was away at St James's. Sorry, that yeah. game. 
and he was giving it to the fans and, and he just crumbled. And I think that was the turning point. That was that was that moment in his career. But just he pivoted and he started to work on himself. Now, any man in this podcast or any man or woman anywhere or whatever, we've all had a point in our life where we've had to work on ourselves, be it mentally or, or, or whatever. You know, Rome wasn't built in a day. You know what I mean? Like for, for Jesus, podcast could be perfect. It started out as me and John one night sitting, John just firing questions at me. The water does now. And we have all these great insights, in my opinion, from great people. A few few people would say, I don't know what other people would say about these, but <laughs> ultimately, you know, it takes time for things to grow. And for Jordan Pickford, he had to hit that rock bottom. They grew into this goalkeeper. And I say, people used to talk about his concentration. He did nothing for 45 minutes. Then he had a wall that was one and everything in front of him. So it was all it was all half chances. And, oh, I don't have to go, don't have to go. And as soon as it got through, he was there to stop that bridge multiple times. Again, just again, this is constant. Like Chelsea away last year. Chelsea away, you'd have swore he was it had eight arms, you know what I mean? Stopping things. Yeah. Um and, and, and the Branthwaite game at Bridge at the Bridge. So no. Nah. Don't don't buy him anyone because he is. He's a right. He's absolutely shite. And also Zinedine Kilban, you don't even deserve to that first name. That's not the first time. I can't even remember. And I meant they have time to, to go and hunt for it. Shame on you too, because we all had a lot of affection for you. Like, but why do you have to highlight Jordan Pickford again? Because you know that your name will be plastered around on all those news sites and stuff because you're talking about Jordan Pickford, angles number one, when you're supposed to be talking about the hair. So it's a bit of a double slap for you. So shame on you. Plank. Yeah, that, like you said, I think he's jumped on something there that's just clickbait the same as what we, we see all the time with like talk sport and exactly I always what say it is. about like a bond the Um and you know like you say there with his concentration, I think over time he, he's calmed down. You know, it was always this thing that he was an erratic goalkeeper and you know, we've seen a tiny glimpse of it against um the other well, the other night where he, he comes out for the ball. Um but uh, he is one player that signed a, a contract. And going on to that is that uh, Dice come out in an interview the other day uh, and he said that um, he's putting the player contracts on hold for the likes of what's going to be Decore, Coleman and Mina. Um, Andrew, do you, do you think, you know, it sounds like the right decision, but do you, do you think it's right to do that now and hold it off till the end of the season? I don't really think that's a choice. Um, I, I think that's absolutely the play until we know safety's achieved, who's willing to come play for Dice. We have no idea what his pull is going to be, what our budget's going to be. So, yeah, I think that's the most pragmatic decision we could make regarding a transfer window and contract extensions and all that. Remember, we still have Michael Keane right now because he played well in a bubble, literally. And we signed him for another five goddamn years. That's insane. I don't care how good your form is. You don't sign five-year deals unless you're a lunatic in charge of Chelsea. And then you sign eight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <but what laughs> I think, well, the other, the other question to that is, is that, you know, I, I'll leave it open to, to you as well. Is like, do, do you think that Decore Coleman Mina, by the looks of it, from what his agent said, is that he, he's under no circumstances staying. He's going, and it looks like South America. But would you give Coleman and Takore a new contract? 
Coleman, yes. I think he's got one more in him, but we have to do it like we did with Baines and Dean, where there was a managed exit and he only stepped in when absolutely needed. Um, you know, it was an apprenticeship kind of situation and he was, you know, gracefully aged out. Um, I think based on what we've seen this season and with the fitness levels that we've seen from most, he can do one more. Decore, Bubble, Mina, hell no. Um, he's too fragile, too expensive, and too old. Um, Decore is what, 32 now? I think he's in and around that age, yeah. No, he's, he's, he's actually he's 30, sure he's only like 29. 29, 30. Okay. Well, then I would say 60, 40 um, for Decore. He's 30. Uh, I would yeah. say 60 key. Yeah, 30. Yeah. Um, I mean, as fast as he is now, you know, if he can, he hasn't had that foot injury flare up again that he had issues with last season. Um, if he can keep his head on straight, because we all saw that red card coming for games before it happened, he was really getting agitated. So if he can keep his head on straight and play like he has been under Dice, then yeah, keep him. I'm concerned about the age. I'd like us to go after younger, hungrier players. Um, you know, with a with a higher ceiling and more to gain. Um, I'm still afraid that eventually Ducori is just going to see us as retirement FC, like so many players have in the past, like Delphi. But I think Ducori is better than that. Mm. What do you think, Leon Ducori? Because I think he's probably, you know, out, out of a lot of the players, the one that's most debatable whether we should keep him on or not. Yeah, I think it's the most difficult one because he has been he's been the most improved player under Dice and that, that mainly because he was frozen out by Lampard so he didn't even have a, anything to go off because he did barely played. But I don't know because he is 30 now so you wouldn't be giving him like a three-year deal. But I think the club still have the option. If the club have still got the option, then I would I'd be 100% behind that. Because it is only a year then. And then obviously if he continues this form, you could maybe sign another year deal and just do it a year on year basis with him. Um but no, I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't blame Everton if they just said no, because he he is he has had injury problems and he is on big wages. And so I wouldn't actually blame them. I mean, Gray, do, do, you, do you think another another side of this could be that we've got, you know, the likes of Warrington coming back, uh, you know, and we've got other players and you know, lower down the ranks on Yango. I don't know whether he could do anything under dice. Um, uh, Isaac Price as well. He's been rumoured to be wanting to go to Belgium. Um, but do you think it would be time for these players to come in instead of the core? Or like the lads have said, there could be a chance of the one-year extension. I think the club will act on the one-year extension. I think that's a given. Dice really likes him. Um, in regards to Warrington, I think on Yango's time at the club, it's it's not going to happen. Mm. Um, Isaac Price, I think I think he's gone as well. To be honest, a lot of the noise you even see in the Northern Ireland forums and stuff that yeah, <clears throat> he's going to be gone. Unfortunately, um, and for Warrington, I think he's not ready yet. I don't think any of them are ready, to be honest, of, of, of that batch that you're talking about. 
which, which yeah. is a fair point to make up because we need to start bridging that gap. And ultimately as well, it could be the analogy of uh, throw him in the pool and hopefully he swims. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in regards to them, I think maybe Warrington could do a job. He, he's got a good season in, in, in League One. League One, isn't it? Or League Two? League, League... Yeah, League uh, One, Fleetwood Town, isn't it? Yeah, Fleetwood. Yeah. yeah, I couldn't remember what they were in. So, yeah, he's had a good season there, um, playing hard football. No, forgive, forgive the draconian term, but no, man's football, physical, fast enough, you know. But regardless, I don't think any of them are the answer, to be honest. Um, it's pretty simple. Um, but I'll still take probably 10 minutes to explain it all. I think Seamus Coleman, in my opinion, probably the joint second best defender at the club, possibly second over Tarkovsky. I just think his all-round game is better in defence. To be, to be honest, that's debatable, of course, but it's my opinion. So I would be giving Coleman another year. I think it would be very easy. You remember back to the likes of Phil Neville. That time there was a rumour in the morning that they was he was getting a contract extension and it was done by lunchtime. He didn't need his agent. He didn't need anything. He sat with David Moyes. David Moyes told him what his pay was, what he wanted him to do, and he signed there and then. So for me, I think Coleman will be the same ilk. He's not going anywhere. I wouldn't want him to go anywhere. I think he's still more than capable. The way he's came back after that leg break, we've had his best form, I, I would say, arguably, on a consistent basis since that <clears throat> this season, surprisingly. Um, I think Yerry Mina couldn't have said it better than Andrew. I wish, I wish we could. I wish we could be in a position where we're begging for him to stay, but he's very expensive, very fragile. You know, it's it's and it's an antique vase on a rickety shelf, basically with him in it. Mm. Beautiful, magnificent, but you know, could just easily go. Um, in regards to Abdullah Corey, which is the big, I think Tom Davies as well, who we haven't mentioned. Davies, Davies is gone. I can't see him hanging about, honestly, unless Calvert-Lewin stays and begs him to stay with him as, as their best mates. Because um, I think even the club factor, the treatment from the fans, whether you think it's right or wrong, but gets a lot of shit, a player that was mismanaged. Well, you think he's good or not? It's just unfortunate. Um, but yeah, Decorey, I think Decorey could see a new lease of life. He is 30. There's a year extension there. The club could just say, look, we'll give you, we'll activate the one year and we'll add on another one-year thing, or, or Decorey might just say, look, I'll stay the year and I'll go. Mm. Or give me two years and we'll call it there and settle, which wouldn't be a bad shout because I am very critical of Decorey. I haven't seen enough of, of what I want to see. And again, I'm putting a lot of faith and it's, it's, it's very naive football fanish to, to say, this is what we're seeing now and we're going to keep seeing it because that's never the case. But you think for a player in the same mold as Decorey to replace him, a few years younger for where we are in this project, especially where we are financially. You have to sort of weigh the numbers and that's that's where it gets tough. And that's where these guys, you hope these guys have a clue on how to break that up. So personally, yeah, keep the Corey and Coleman and unfortunately let Mina go. Well, one thing I want to pick up on that quick before we move on is that you mentioned Tom Davis, that like, what what do you think his level is then? If if he's been mismanaged, then you know, a lot of Everton fans will say that he hasn't been given the chance and he should have been put in the team at times when he could have been. And then others have said he's just when he plays, whether whether he plays ten minutes, twenty minutes, or he starts, he's just not good enough. But if he leaves the club, what like what what type of level do you think he'll be playing? Do you think it'll be bottom of the league teams or championship? I'll, I'll be honest, um, Premier League. 
is the ability to play in the Premier League, whether you like it or not, whether you want to see him at Everton or not, he has that ability. He could find himself mm. in the Championship, find the club, cement a place, and, and be and be that, or in the SPL or whatever, because he's very, very, very strongly linked to Rangers. Yeah. But but ultimately, that's that's where I think honestly, if he could find the position, and he started off as this as this breaking young player that looked like a street bowler as well, which a lot of players come out of Merseyside look like at the start until they find their niche. But Tom Davies is a six and a team that's settled that work around him where the fans appreciate him and, and he's happy. Can't see why that wouldn't work for him. Now, he's not going to be paired over nothing like everyone joked around whenever Ancelotti was there, but you could have a, a settled half decent, like, you know, in the noble mold or whatever. Like, you know, you mm. could have that with better players around them, you know, I honestly think that. I just don't think we're going to see it at Everton. Uh, and I'm not a, a, a Tom Davies sympathizer, like like Rev or someone like, but I am in the mindset where, not, and that's no disrespect to Rev. I have far better things to disrespect Rev with. But what I mean is, he has that ability. I, I don't I don't want to wait and try and see it again at Everton. It's been too long. It's been very unfortunate. But, but ultimately, I do believe he, he's primarily... He doesn't come on our team and look championship every week. That's the point I'm making. And it's open yeah. to you guys you come back at me, but that's that's just my thoughts. But I just I don't think we'll see him anymore at Everton. And good luck to him, ultimately. I, I just put him in the in the same ilk as like sort as like Holgate. I think they're the same age to 25, 26. Again. I think I, I think, think Holgate, Holgate's another one that um he had his chance and he had his position and he had a great spell under Ancelotti. He was fantastic. And you know what? It'll happen with that weird freak tackle that he went for in preseason, wrecked his foot. And again, mm. I've defended and defended him, but he does again that red card recently. Yeah. Guys, there's a chip on his shoulder. I don't like the attack the whole lines in his eyebrows and chewing gum. <laughs> that petulance and, and you know, people attack him for that. That's just fucking stupid, in my opinion. But he's got fucking lines in his eyebrows and he's eating chewing gum. <laughs> I mean, no, no, but, it's no, but ultimately, no. What what that's me joking, but ultimately just he had he had the opportunity to cement the place and move on. I think Davies has never been anybody's favorite player. Holgate's had it here and there under under probably arguably the best active manager on the planet. You know, with man obviously it's between Ancelotti, uh Mourinho and, and Guardiola, you know, realistically. So under him, he, he flourished, but he, he couldn't do it to end for anybody else. And when he's got chances after chances, he, he snuffed them and fluffed them and just attitudes. So no, similar, yes, but I have a bit of more of a softer spot towards Tom Davies. And that's not an Everton thing because, because obviously I'm not from Liverpool. So it's, I don't see him as a local lad because I'm not from there. But you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's unfortunate. But nah, Holgate, too, you need so, so does Keane. Cheerio and Godfrey. Get him out. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew's think, not happy I about that. Davis as, uh, <laughs> I still think of him more in the same lines as Jojo Kitty. Um, I just think the ceiling's yeah, just a slight fair. bit too low. And they were all they were both used as like patches. They were never the solution. It was always like a stopgap for the most part. So I could see again, much like John Joe Kenny, I could see him doing well for himself in the Bundesliga. Uh, maybe like a Union Berlin type side. He's not going to yeah. get into a Bayern. He's not going to get into a uh, Dortmund. But I think he could be a mid-table contributor as a consistent starter in the sixth role. Uh, he's good at pressuring. He's good at breaking up play. He 
can't do much else spectacularly well, but I think he'd fit well in the German style. Well, one thing I'll, I'll well, we'll, we're going to move into transfers now. Uh, and one of the rumors that we've seen circulating is that Napoli have been linked to Calvert Lewin in what is meant to be a replacement for what is Osman if he moves on this summer. Uh, Andrew, I think, correct me if I'm wrong, I think I've, I've heard you saying that we may need to move on from Calvert-Lewin um, like next season. Um, so I guess that all depends on this fitness level um, because it seemed like he was just broken and in the same way as Mina where you can never counted him to play 80% of the games of a season. By the way, I think Mina for his grand total of Everton career is under 40% of games played, um, which is hilarious. But if, if the physios can have Dom contributing most of the games of the season, no, I don't think we need to move on. Yeah. If we can expect what we have over the last two seasons, then yes, we absolutely must. He's fallen from the heights that he was at in 2020, 2021, where, you know, his head was probably being turned by the likes of Arsenal and maybe a Chelsea. Fuck, we could still sell Chelsea right now for 70. <laughs> um, but that's just because Todd Bowley's ridiculous. Um, but the way that he contributed his hold-up play, the way he's laying off passes now and seeing options, uh, we have to keep him if he can stay fit. Lee, could, could you see him playing in the Italian league? I know we've seen Sammy Abraham go over there and he's done quite well. Like, do, do you think he'd suit that style of of play over there? I think the way he's developed his game over the, since he first came to Everton, I could see him playing in most leagues, to be fair. I don't think... I think his body is his biggest... You know, that's what's going to let him down. I don't think... I think he can play in literally any league in the world. I I I am sort of like the way Graham is with Awobi and the way you are with McNeil. Like I've backed DCL from the start, even when he was injured. I think if he and he's shown the last two games when he's fully fit and he's focused, he, that's why he's Everton's number nine. There's a reason for it. There's a reason why he got that number, and I think he's shown it's just whether his body can hold up. And the good thing is he's still quite young, so it's not like he's getting these injuries like in his 30s. still relatively young. So, But if he doesn't stay fit, I think you've got to obviously... It'd be stupid for us to go into another season like this season again without yeah. a fully fit striker or a competent striker because that's what we didn't have. We had strikers, but they weren't competent enough. Great. Another striker we've been linked with that I think you've had good things to say about is Che Adams. Um, this link keeps popping up. I'm joking, by the way. I'm not saying that you actually think he's good and we should buy him. I think I've heard you complaining about the link just uh, in terms of, like, you know, Thelwell and stuff like that. But I would never. This, <laughs> this link keeps popping up. So there's got to be something about it. It's been popping up since last summer. Um, do you think that if there is anything about it that he could do anything for us? No. 
<laughs> right. If you were to go back, okay, if you were to go back last summer, you know, if you were to go back to last summer and we were doing the podcast and we were linked to Shea Adams and Calvert-Lewin was going to be fit and stuff, we were, I was like, you know, Shea Adams could be a good backup. Remember, Paul used to be on the podcast and he really... He convinced me. He, he spoke more to me, and I'm like, I've watched. I it. know his game and stuff, and he sort of, he sort of turned me around to the fact that yeah, it could be good. I still think Shea Adams would have been a better option for Everton than Neil Mopay. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Um, yeah. he's like Rondon on meth, but he's um, all the that's harsh. That's that's even harsh on Shea, but he plays for Southampton, so uh, fuck him and Southampton too. But Shea Shea Adams Shea Adams is uh, all right, but he's. We're not going to progress with the Shea Adams. We're just, we're just not. We're, he, he's, we're trying to be nice. Let's, let's be honest. Shea Adams is shite. If we're sending Shea Adams, I'm not going to be too happy about that. Realistically, what it's like five goals or something this season. Mm. Yeah, that's it's grand, but then that's why they're struggling because he can't put the ball in the net. He's been there most of the year, and they have a Ward Price, and we know Andrew's a very big fan of Ward Price, and justifiably so. He's a very good player, but you yeah. know that dynamic's wrong. And regardless of the if they had Wankle Hoodle and everybody else. Or he ever just came after me, I can remember Jones and Harry. Do we can't even remember who's there now, and I don't really care as long as they go to the championship. But ultimately, no, he's just not good enough. And um, since a certain someone's been at this club, we keep getting linked to him. I'm not happy about it, to be absolutely honest. Again, there's it's a word of stole off Andrew, and it's stuck in my head because he always says it. But draconian, draconian, this, this. Stupid! We can only buy players with Premier League experience. We can only have managers with Premier League experience. We can fucking backward our souls. You know what I mean? It's like, where's your expansive network? They find these other players, like you know, have the balls and go. The midfield sound, you know, if, if there is that thirty million they play with, pump a lot of it. They have their young centre forward in the mould of a Calvert Lewin. You know, and mm-hmm. again on the Calvert-Lewin thing going to Italy, people might say this is a mad shout, but I haven't watched it or, or else basically I am just, I am thick as beans, but not all round play. But Calvert-Lewin in Italy, <laughs> nearly near enough play, like <laughs> like the way Zlatan played his hold-up play. Obviously, pounds chop, but anyone that's watched Serie A or anyone that's, that's had a, a keen eye on Ibrahimovic in the way, now I'm not saying that he's a play, that he's like Ibrahimovic. I'm not so even before anyone comes from me, he's not. But Both instead of hold up play, flex, and the way he moves off the ball, they bring others in. That's how he played. The only difference is Zlatan would turn around and bang in a 40-yarder, overhead kick, or, he'd, mm. or he'd, let's face it, he'd do 10 tab-ups and slap it with his cock into the top corner. So let's <laughs> that. I'm not saying he's that player. But that build-up style, I think oh, he would have a field day in Italy. Also with the fast and everything, they'd be happy. I reckon he'd pay his own transfer fee to go. But um, we need to be looking for someone in that mould. Well, so, target, someone in that, mo- someone in that mould. Who's con- yeah, well, in that mould, yes. We need to look for a target man who's in that mould of Calvert-Lewin because that formula suits us so well. And it's not reinventing the game. It's a centre-forward who'll come short. You know, come to the midfield, they link on, they give your wingers, those attacking wingers that we have, that the space to exploit. That's the way I'm sitting questioning the whole Awobi thing because I see all the good he does going back and it's really good for Patterson coming across. But you're like, Calvert-Lewin coming deep in those flexing movements. You're, you're unleashing McNeil and Gray. Again, that just feels like a much more dangerous option to me. Again, might be wrong on all these, but they're my opinions. So 
kiss my Irish hole. But ultimately, I just think that we need to look for that sort of player. Shea Adams is not a budget Calvert-Lewin, and we can't be buying a budget, Calvert- a budget Calvert-Lewin. We need to be buying the next Calvert-Lewin. Now, Andrew has says it. I've said I think we've all said it. I think we need to plan without Calvert-Lewin, but in the same yeah. mold. So he can fall on there and that pressure comes off because he's been let down massively by not having a good replacement because when Rondon shit, he got the flack. When Mopé shit, he got the flack. Whenever we had absolutely no one playing Anthony Gordon up there, he got the flack. So, you know, what do you want? What, what the hell do you want? So basically, it's up to the club and this director of football, he calls himself, doing all these signings and his scouting team to get someone who's suitable to come in. And why not go for that wild card? Like a guy like Terry Moffey, not as tall as Calvert-Lewin, plays slightly different, but is not afraid to come short and take the ball and give and go. That's all it is. That's all Calvert-Lewin's doing. Yes, it's some of his fancy, some of his movement across the ball, and it was sublime. And the game before that. But ultimately, you need that sort of player. You need to look at someone that if you put a mirror image on the two of them, you can see the same style. So then players are going out, and no matter who it is playing up front, they can express themselves the way that they can in their best mode because their best is coming out with Calvert-Lewin in there. You know, this Calvert-Lewin conundrum, debate, Everton, whatever you want to call it, it's exhausting. It's not hard. Just like it's not hard to put a right back at right back, Sean Dice. And look how well he does. And put, a, put their best centre half at centre half beside our second best centre half. And look what happens. It's magic like. So just be sensible and don't sign Shea Adams. Shit. <laughs> that's it, sign that's... Him, Adams my well, one player we've been linked with again who could be in that mould that Graham's talking about is Jokeres from Coventry. Apparently, he's, he's come out and said that at the end of the season, he's not staying. He's So he's open for a transfer. Other clubs have been linked to him, like West Ham. Um, Lee, I was screaming for us to sign him in January. Uh, we were apparently not willing to put up the extra £2 million that we'd We'd offered 24, I think it was, and then it was uh, Coventry wanted 26, so these were the rumours. But is he someone that you'd like to see in an Everton shirt that, like Grace said, could be that person behind Calvert-Lewin? Um, I, I, I don't enjoy anyone in an Everton shirt at the minute besides <laughs> this last week. So, you know, I don't... I, I don't get like that anymore when we come to sign someone, but I do think he is someone in that mould. I mean, I'm just trying to get his stats up here, because he done it last... Yeah, last season he scored 17 goals, five assists. This season he's got 21 goals. And he's 10 21 assists. this year, yeah. Yeah, so he's obviously proven that, you know, first season in the Championship, scoring that many goals, can you do it again? And he's he's actually bettered it. So he's yeah. someone who's obviously improving. Um he's twenty-four years of age, so he is younger than Calvert Lewin. I just I just think we we need to get someone who obviously does fit that mold, but you also you also need something that's slightly different as well. Because you can't obviously you can't always play the same way in every game, so you need different options. So it just all depends on Calvert Lewin's fitness. Yeah. Because if he stays fit, I don't think you necessarily need to go and spend 
20 odd million on a player when he's only going to play like three or four games a season. I'd rather, if Cavalier stays fit, I'd rather just spend the money on a different type of striker for a different game plan. So, but then again, you're going to, he's not going to play that many games if Calvert Lewin stays fit. It all, it's, it's, within a similar situation, and I'm not to Tottenham with Harry Kane because no one's going to want to come and sit on the bench and, well, not proper for professionals anyway. I'm not going to want to play like 300, 400 minutes a season. They're going to want, want to be the main striker. And while Calvert Lewin's there, no one's going to be the main striker. Did, oh. Just to bounce back on that, like, <clears throat> do you not think that we tried that in field with Neil Mope? Like we couldn't mm. play a different dimension of football. I'm not, I'm not saying your point's invalid. I think it's very valid and it, it, it sparked, sparked thought in me. But if anyone's watched Gukresh, uh, I'm shit with names, but um, like I extensively watched them when we were linked before and stuff and even just there now, just it took a wee second just to whack on one of the old clubs I had because I keep them all sort of on my phone. And his play is very much like Calvert-Lewin. You know, his hold-up, he likes to stand, lean on the centre half and turn the ball, go through, and he'll, he'll nip through the legs and he likes to go on the spin. You know, but he's quite erratic. He, he lashes at the ball. and But when he gets through on goal, you can nearly just see that. <laughs> you love this one, Andrew. I think Luke Skywalker, Death Star. You know, the, the targeting system just tightens in and the, the more composure... That he that he has on, in front of the goal, he, he he slots at home, you know. So I, I think he's a slightly different, but in terms of build up, he's better because I think Calvert Lewin, I think Calvert Lewin does the opposite effect. I think sometimes he gets through on goal, and that target actually opens wider and wider. The complete opposite. You imagine, like you know, you're you love your FIFA, like you imagine hitting a dud penalty. You know, I don't know if they still do that in FIFA, where like the zones under like a small circle and out again. But it's literally like a reverse. Now, I'm not saying he's better centre-forward, but he scored 21 goals this year in a system that suits him. Very Quite similar to what we're trying to play at the minute. I, I think I think it would be good for the right price. Um, but but the thing is, as well, he's 24. Is he a late bloomer? A late bloomer or is he just not the mm. level that we need? And that, that's the question, and that's that's up to my mockery workout, you know? Well, I, I think the problem... That we'll face with it is obviously money. Uh, Dice has already come out and said, uh, which I thought was just weird. It was sort of squeezed in that he'd said that, uh, you know, next season they'll start to build on what he wants to do and whether he has a budget or not sort of thing, the same as January. Uh, and the other one was uh, one of the other teams that are linked with them are Wolves. And their two forwards, the strikers, Costa and Jimenez, uh, meant to be leaving them in the summer, so then that just leaves, like Lee said, an open window to be the starting number nine. Um, we'll we'll so be signing the two of them then, won't we? Diego Costa, they took them five, six years ago, but <laughs> they're coming from Wolves, so we're getting them. <laughs> Do you know what? I, 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 I'd have took a punt on Jimenez two years ago, I, I liked him, yeah. but yeah. I think He's since that, injury, that injury, mm-hmm. yeah, he just does it. I don't know. Obviously, you, you look at like someone like Ryan Mason couldn't carry on the game after he had his injury, so he's done Even well. Checked, to up, back. checked up as well, and he was only maybe saved by being in goal. Yeah, yeah. But it's just he it, it just hasn't found that form, has he? No. I mean, he's not his brain got caved in. Yeah. <laughs> the last uh, the last rumor that I'll come on to before moving into the city game. <laughs> uh, 
And I'm going to leave this open for him because we've spoke about him, you know, quite a lot through January and then even after them because uh, he become a free agent. Uh, it, it's become, you know, quite clear apparently that Everton are going to be trying to speak to Hammers again. So I'm just going to leave this open for him now and I'm going to let you, you know, have your way with it. Would you, would you have him? Is it worth it now? Is it too late? All right. First of all, John, wherever you are, put your dick away. all right here's my thing let me let me paint you a picture to borrow from keith from the blue room with my imagination brush okay let's say pain doesn't go to united sticks around at spurs let's address the pigeon-shaped elephant in the room richie might try and force a move because the man loves to play and he's not going to get that if Kane sticks around. So we sell Mope to some fucking Qatari club who gives a shit and then get a proper right winger. 4-4-2, Dom and Richie up top. Garner and Awobi in the central midfield. And then, you know, fuck Keen off. Fuck me off. Get the back line sorted. And then James comes in on a pay-as-you-play basis uh, when we need to unlock the game. That would be the only way I'd be good with James. He's amazing when he's on it, but his motivation seems very suspect. Um, You know, he played, I think, 26 out of 38 games for us, something like that. Then he went to Arayan, played 12 of 22 so either his calf is completely fucked or he just doesn't care and can't be bothered. And I think Carlo coddled him, which makes sense. You know, he's a diva. You kind of have to allow for that when you have next level talent. But with Everton as it was, that's not viable. Or Everton as it is, that's not viable. But I think James as a super sub, if Route 1 isn't working and, you know, he gets a appearance-based wage, yeah, I'd absolutely have him because he can change a game with – 12 minutes to go. Blade, is a, he, he had, you know, what looks like was going to be, a, he had a decent, you know, couple of games or half season with Olympiacos and it seems to come out of nowhere that he'd become a free agent. So it could back up what Andrew's saying with his motivations. But again, like, would you take him or is it too late? I think he's a luxury that Everton can't afford. Hmm. It's in in terms of financially and the manager we've got, I don't think he'd fit Dice's system whatsoever. Dice likes crafters, and it's it's very similar. And I'm not not saying that you know Dice is in the Klopp, but when Klopp went to Liverpool and he had Coutinho there, it was just a perfect scenario for him because he could, didn't didn't fit his mould of a type of player because he doesn't work hard enough. Mm. So. But in an ideal world, I'd have him back because he was un- we never got to see him, but he was unbelievable in that one season he was here. But ever in an ideal world, never go, and we're never seen to be in that situation. And as I said at the start, I think it's just a luxury that we can't afford. Do we know how much he made at Olympiacos? No. I know he was on 240-ish for us, which is insane and then Arayan probably paid about the same 
but then he bounced out of there. So it would have to be a colossal dive for him to consider for us to offer anything to him. There's no way we're dropping that kind of cash right now. James Rodriguez at Olympiacos was on 51 grand a week. Wow. That's it? Whoa. Yeah, fuck. yeah, we got that. That's Tom Davis money. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, our, our highest paid players, I think, are Armina and the likes of Decore, who were on, I think, around 100 to 120. So, it's like, you know, like the lads have said, if it was a pay-as-you-play or even if he's on the 51 grand fixed you know, contract, what do you think? <laughs> um... Heart says yes, head says no. Yeah. Simple as that. I think we know what John's answer would be if he was here. John, it's not that sort of podcast, man. Put it away. John's busy <laughs> right now doing something else. Yeah. So we'll move on to the city game then. Um what I are just the wanted things? to say, sorry, yeah, do on. you remember those pictures that came out of James? Like James as a woman and, and the other ones. I think it, I think yeah. it's fair to say. Yeah, when they converted, John, yeah. I think it's fair to say that John enjoyed these more than <laughs> I think. Also, it's John's birthday today, so a big happy birthday to John. Um, yeah, happy birthday. Yeah, you'll see it as it's his present, having a day off in the pod, but it's actually a gift to us keeping you off. Anyway, <laughs> um, moving on to Man City. Yeah. Happy birthday, mate. Yeah, the the city game. Um, you know. One thing I wanted to say before we moved on to this was that in the last part I said we can't play the way we did against Brighton, against City. Uh, you know, taking a step back and looking at it, I think we've got to. Uh, but that obviously depends on how organised defensively we are because obviously City are a lot more ruthless with the players they've got. One of them players being Haaland. Um, Lee, with Mina back in the squad, Tarkovsky next to him. Could these be the players that, you know, give him the wind up and keep him quiet? I know earlier on in the season we've seen Godfrey done that job, but it doesn't obviously looks like doubtful he's going to be injured. But with Mina and Tarkovsky, do you think that they could keep Haaland quiet? I think it's difficult. It's probably the most difficult thing to do in world football right now is to keep not not just Haaland, but City as a whole. Mm. You know. They've won what is it the last twelve now? They won twelve on the spin or something in all competitions. They're just they're just a ruthless machine at this stage of the season, especially. It's like they kick into gear after like March and just go on an unbelievable run every year. But I think regardless of like talking about winding players up, if Mina's fit, he plays. Yeah. So regardless of where I mean he. He is probably the best player to try and wind Haaland up because he's done it in the past to other players. Um, but regardless of that, he, if he's fully fit, he plays because he is our best centre-half. And I'm going to give Dice a bit of credit because I said it on the last pod I was on. I thought it would be Cody that would come in. That that change did need to happen with Keane coming out. But I think I said I, I don't see Dice ever playing Mina. So... Fair play, because you certainly shocked me when I seen the team sheet the other day. When I seen Mina, I was like, I'm sure it was a, I thought it was a parody account on Twitter, not Evans. 
main account. <laughs> uh, so that no, he's fizzled. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think I did. Yeah, I was. Well, I was actually I was in Chester, and my missus went to me. Have you seen the team? And I was like, "Is that Everton's official account?" And she was like, "Yeah." No. Yeah, I think I seen it from the bobble and put it into our group chat and capital yeah. letters exclamation mark. So it was like I, I was shocked. Hey, Graham, City have had Real Madrid. They've got them on the other side of our fixture as well. How do you think it's going to go? Do you think that'll play a factor in it? Yeah, I do. Um, I think. Don't get me wrong. Where I would see it advantage advantageous to play City between Champions League semi-finals because this is where they crumble in the past. Mm-hmm. They have, and they want that. That's the golden goose egg. So I'm going to try and be optimistic. I think we have a blueprint there. I think we basically do what Real Madrid do. We sit in and we try and we try let, let me damage control and we break. And we break hard when we go. I hope they don't change it and it's like a one-off um, Calvert-Lewin and, and it's all flat against the back. We need a Wobie to press up. We're going to need McNeil too. It's praying they see McNeil breaking in a style like we did at the Etihad years ago with Balassi breaking through to Lukaku. Just, I can, in my head, I can see it happening for Calvert-Lewin, but at the same time, you know what? Calvert-Lewin, back, feeling good. He might fancy himself up against Stones if he's in. I think Ake is the only player really they have out, but obviously they will change it with, with now the reverse fixture going to, going to the Etihad for them this week. So I hope so. I hope, I hope Grealish is rested. I remember a lot of people saying, laughing at Grealish and the price tag and this, that and the other. And it was always the same. It was sort of people that just look at football or, or people that understand what Guardiola's trying to do. You're like, he's not buying Grealish for what he is now. He sees what he can do to him. And we're seeing that now. And all those people are back on their rocks. He's absolutely brilliant. He's nearly like he's nearly like the Marks and Spencer's version of of McNeil the way he's playing. <laughs> um, I, I realize that is very generous, and and, and I'm going to I'm going to sit on that hill. But yeah, fantastic ability all around. It. It's terrifying, terrifying front to back we city, but you never know. Um, Pep, he, he is known sometimes to deflect it, deflect it. So. Who knows? He could rest him going for that and, and could go with the B side, which it will be very strong. We just I don't know what they're going to put out, but I really do think if we can sit and the crowd gets proper dirty and ugly and, and gets behind them, you know, cheers every tackle to set and the other. Maybe. Problem is Man City can pull a bullet anywhere. But I think it's as ever I, I can't speak for every Everton, Everton fan and you know, do what you want. I don't care, but I think one loser draw, as long as it isn't calamitous, just roll with the punches. If we can get out of this even with a draw, which isn't impossible, we did it. We've done it earlier this year. Um, what a way to take on them to play in Wolves. So, just I'm up for it. I'm I'm up for it. I don't think we're going to win, but I'm I'm up for it. I'm optimistic. Um, rant pending later, but. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man. Why not? Like we've got Mina there. We've, we've got Patterson, who's just after uh, being out of the team and coming back from injury and a couple of FA performances off the bench. 
Patterson's just had his, his best game. Now, this is probably wildly optimistic, and people will contact us and call us and many things in this pod, and by all means, do so. But um, why not? Tarkovsky, again, looked like he did without Michael Keane beside Mina. Like, again, we talk about you know the players in front feeling bigger than they are whenever, because they have Mina there. Well, Tarkovsky must have been looking, going, fuck, you know. He might have looked at me and says, come with me. And Mina probably looked back and says, no, you come with the king. And it just, <laughs> Tarkovsky's free to express himself. Patterson <laughs> knows he has an absolute, well, what are you laughing at, Lee? He's the king. king yeah, yeah, that old, that. the way you came up with it, just rolls off your tongue. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're thinking it all. But um, you didn't, Patterson already has that confidence. You've got Garner, who's going to come in and sweep up there. You've got Gana, who'll drift in there to sweep, if it is that same team. You get the Corey, he's going to be in that midfield looking the rough up. You know what I mean? He's going to be physical. McNeil seems, he's, I think, I think he's put one of those FIFA boosters on or something. You leave because he's he's found he's found a yard of pace, so he's now at one yard of pace. By the way, but it's got a wee bit, you know. And then you'll have Obi playing more technical, but what it will be lacks in pace. He's probably going to look to play it up inside. So that's the only iffy part. And this is the game. You use the Demari Gray sub. I don't care. Yeah. This is this is the game where that is used. Um, so, so there you go. And, and you never know. You might see him change it and put Slav head back in. They go away three at the back because he can't take me out after that performance. But you might. But if we are pending again, apart from yeah, from from the eyebrows down, Keane's a good player. Sorry, from the eyebrows down, he's a bad player. But from the eyebrows up, he's a good <laughs> player. So if things are being floated in, he will win them in the air. You know. But any, anything other than that is, is it's terrifying. But I would not be surprised with that. I, I don't really know if Dice plays five of the back. It wouldn't be something he falls to. No, there's options. Personally, he need no. Of course not. I because well, you know my feelings and King. I hope he plays the same team as he played at Brighton. I hope we. I hope we go at them. I hope we don't lie in early on because that's just a that's just that's just a ticking time bomb for before a goal. So hopefully we express ourselves and we play smart and when needs to be dropping. I'm optimistic. I don't think we'll win. I don't think we'll draw. I hope we can get a draw out of it. I pray we can get a one. So, come on, you blues. No, it's, <laughs> you know what? It's it's nice to be, to just feel optimistic about the game again. Um, You know, we've been saying for quite a few games now that, you know, this next game's the biggest game of the season and stuff like that. But now, after Brighton, we've put ourselves in a position where, even before the Brighton game, I think a lot of people ripped off Brighton and City and was putting it down to Wolves and Bournemouth. Um, but, you know, how optimistic are you about it, Andrew? Do you think we can, you know, at least get a point or we could even get a three off them? Um, proper fuck is how I think we are. They are in brilliant form right now. I'm sorry, I'm going to go off the deep end negativity-wise. <laughs> I say throw Keane in, save Mina, unless he's just feeling completely perfect because I feel like if Holland lowers his shoulder on Manny, he might shatter his spine. Um, <laughs> I think save Mina for the winnable games, the drawable games. I don't think this version of city is one of them. They are a squad full of liquid metal T 1000s. They can score from anywhere. We're going to forget what the fucking ball looks like for the first half. <laughs> I just, it's, it's fucked. Um, I, <laughs> I think just take the hit and move on. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, just, oh. it's safe to say you're not predicting a 1-11 win then, Andrew. Yeah, I was going to come to you for the predictions. 
The, I, I thought, you know, there was a gathered optimism there and Andrew's brought us back down to the ground like we usually do on the podcast, but I'll, I'll throw it out there before we go then. Gray, what's your, your score predictions if you've got to give one? One all. One all, good safe. Dwight McNeil and uh, Grealish or Mares. <laughs> Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't uh, be surprised if Mares gets played, like you say, with the rotation of the squad. So, about you, Lee? He's still class. I love Mares. He's. Um, yeah, me, me heart saying a draw or a win for Everton, but me head saying a defeat because I just think City can't afford City can't afford to rest anyone because yeah. I've just been looking with City beating with Arsenal beating Newcastle. And Arsenal play after Everton. Arsenal play at a half four against Brighton. So City won't know what what Arsenal have done. It's going to be the other way around. But also with the second leg, they, they're still well in that tie because they, they drew one all, didn't they? So I think he's going to go full strength. And if he does, I think we'll be lucky to get away with a 3-0 defeat. Even though I am massively... In favour of the way we've played the last two games, I just it, this is what City do at this stage of the season. They just brush teams aside. I'm hoping that we can do something. What? What's the segue? Where's the optimism? No, no, I know, but this is the one team. <laughs> I'm glad we're not playing them on the last day, put it that way, because if we oh, needed I- something. <clears throat> Against them on the last day, yeah. We're I will. I will say that I. I would rather one of our losses, our embarrassing losses over the last three months, would have been to City, yeah. and we had someone else right now because I think someone else, on a coat, we would be well up for it. But even at that, you know what? Look at the good we seen the other day. Yeah. A lot of what we have been shite this season over is the fact that we had no focal point in Calvert Lewin. Mm. A lot of what we've been shy with is that we've been playing with Connor Cody or Michael Keane, Leicester centre halves than Yerry Mina. We have the young right back who was fantastic at the start of the season, albeit he's massively suspect and behind, but we've got cover there. We have Jimmy Garner on. Some people don't get him. Blows my mind, but that's fair enough. Enjoy your ice cream. But ultimately, what he should be doing is, or, or sorry, what we should be excited about is that he gets his foot on the ball. He doesn't panic mm. on panic stations. So there's things there to be optimistic about. Ghana seems to have leveled down to he's not as erratic as he was. Like even people talk, people were criticizing that foul the other night. I thought that was a goal if he didn't take him down, to be absolutely honest with you. So I'm all for them sort of challenges. That's where you do take a yellow card. Yeah. Not for shit like Mina done. We, we messed about with that. Taking, although it shouldn't have been a yellow. Don't put yourself in that position when our, when our referees giving out yellow cards like a flasher in Central Park, you know what I mean? So ultimately, look, you have to be optimistic for it. And if you're wondering why I keep coming out with these cups, because Lee Murphy keeps giggling away to himself. So that's why I, I like all these <laughs> 30 points. But um, yeah, look, I, I think I think, I think think we have every right to go on and expect a draw. I'm not going to go in there and say, we'll beat them. It's fair enough. That's your viewpoint. Good on you. But for me, I think a draw. And I think if we get a draw, that's a massive fucking point. Let's not forget, City's not the only team to play for something. We're playing for something. We're playing for survival. 
Yeah. And we just smashed the most hipster fucking club in this league, 5-1, that no one said, that just beat Manchester United. No one thought that could happen. That was billed as, again, that fucking seconds me, a surprise result. Everton versus fucking Brighton. Wise up. We're Everton. We're Everton boys. Get in the fucking mindset for it. Maybe, maybe a bit of this has seeped under these boys. And you know what? They go out and it's fight, fight or fight. We get one point and results go our way. We're all but good. Think yeah, about that. So we're thinking about it. Those players have to fucking know it. For all the shite that Sean Dice, Sean Dice spits and, oh, it's all about this, that, and the other. And you have to think the limits and we're a group, this, that, and the other. No, who, who gives a shit? The man talks crap. Let's face it. I, I, I can't listen to him. But just like myself, realistically. But but ultimately, these players need to have a long, hard look at themselves. And what are you going to do? You did it away from home for what? 2,000 fans. Brilliant. 39,000 plus in Goodison Park this weekend. Do it for them. Do it when they're there. Now, they don't need a coach welcome. They don't need all that stuff. I don't even know if they're planning to get it. Um, I've already made my opinion on that a couple of times. Just in the ground, light it up. And the players will respond. They shouldn't have to, but they've shown that they need it. And yeah. not this is a rally cry. I'm not telling people to do it. It'll take care of itself. Jesus Christ. Everybody knows what this means. This is where it matters. Not fucking Brentford, not the Sadnior. Playing against Man City. Ultimately, once again, probably the biggest hipster club in the world at the minute. They're popping up everywhere. I was in the gym today. There's three Man City tops in there. Blows my mind. You know what I mean? So weird. So ultimately, look, we're a fucking Everton football club. Every player will know it. Every fan will know it. I was going to try and get this game and I scuppered the, the plans just uh, a while ago because I just you knew yourselves. I thought we were going. But we have a mm. chance. So I, I'm not I'm not beating, beating you guys for that opinion at all by any means. And I am sort of rambling a bit, but I just I'm sort of, the fire's building on me here no, just talking about it. No, I, I, hope, I hope we do. And I think I think the ground itself will be a major factor. I think the Everton fans will be right behind them, especially after that result on Monday. Yeah. And I think it's how City can cope with that. But I, I'm normally quite optimistic. I thought we'd beat Newcastle. I said it to you, I said to anyone that would listen, and I got it massively wrong. Um, I just I hope I'm wrong this time. I just if they play full strength, because they sort of have to. To keep Arsenal at bay, I think we they could do damage to us. But they could choke as well because they haven't got yeah. the they haven't got the template of Arsenal's result. So that could be another factor. Mm. But no, again, I'm not discrediting you, and I, that's all fair mindset because realistically, who for us to get a freak five one one again, away to Brighton, even at that, we are current state bringing it back down the the, the a realistic level. I don't think any Everton fan has went on the game after the first three or four games of the season and says, I think we're going to win this or we have a right to win this or do this. Mm. All I'm saying is like, you know, if any of us were fortunate enough to go and give a talk to any of these players, we would just be like, you know what you have to do. If anything, this is the Ted Lasso fucking team talk. You just stand there and you go, wow, you know what you have to do. And that's it. You don't need to go full fucking Neil Warnock and destroy a dressing room and call everybody every bastard under the sun or whatever <laughs> it should be just a case of listen to that crowd out there now you heard them warming up listen when the sirens start them sirens with the fans should be more than enough and after that it should take care of itself 
The fans will do their part. No one needs to tell them what to do. It's all down to the players to keep their heads, play 130, 40, 50, 60, 200%. Go through every brick wall because this will be the toughest game of half of their lives to this point. Because if Palace, if Palace was before, this is definitely it. Mm. So that's my opinion. I'm going to be optimistic about it. I'm going to, I mean, I don't put football bets on for a reason, but I'm going to say Carver Lewin 1 0. And I'm going to be, if they keep everything the same as they did against Brighton and they keep it tight defensively, I think, you know, at least. We, we can at least grab a draw off them. I just think with all the circumstances, like you say, with the European games and stuff, um, you know, Arsenal are breathing down the neck and stuff. But obviously, there's other cons as well, like Lee said, where the run, the run they're on is unbelievable. But as as Graham's motivational speech changed your mind, Andrew, or are you still sitting on that? We're going to get beat 6-0. Fuck no, you guys are as delusional as Big City. <laughs> <laughs> I was just waiting for a fuck up, Graham. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. I'm I'm with Lee on this one. No harm is no win. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Words from John. <laughs> well, that has been the Everton Army podcast. Thanks for joining us. And thank you, Graham, Lee, and Andrew. And uh, we'll catch you on the next one, lads. That's it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Everton Aren't We podcast. If you like what you've heard, then please share it with your blue friends and family and maybe even Evertonians you just meet in the street. Don't forget to rate, subscribe and review the show on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It really does help us. You can always catch us on Twitter by searching... E-A-W podcast and if you've anything else you'd like to discuss you can reach us via email at the E-A-W podcast at gmail.com